What's good everybody, this is Billy with Backdoor Skate Shop. Super stoked to be linked up with Schmitty this week for the giveaway. The three stipulations. One, you gotta be following Talking Schmidt on Instagram. Number two, you gotta be following Backdoor Skate Shop on Instagram. And number three, you've got to come up with the exact numbers of the time I say the word fuck on the newest episode. Can't be close, gotta be exact. Good luck on that one. But it's going to be well worth it because I dug into my personal stash and whoever can come up with the correct answer is going to be getting this super hard to get anti-hero P-Stone board that came out in 2017. Don't ask how I got it. Anyway, make sure you send those correct answers over to talkingschmidt at gmail.com. Good luck. Welcome back to Talking Schmidt. My name is Gregory Scott Smith. Most of you may know me as Schmitty, and uh, I've been doing this podcast for six years. Today is Skate Shop Day, or tomorrow, or whatever you want. Watch this; it might have been a week ago. But anyway, we're doing a Skate Shop Day podcast because I fucking love skate shops. I think they're really important, and I'm a big supporter, and you should be too. Go to your local skate shop, tell them you love them, buy a shirt from them, buy your next board from them. So what I'm doing today is I'm gonna be talking to Backdoor Billy from Greenville, North Kakalaka. First off though, I need to tell you guys a little something about my day. So I've been working hard on this Peter Hewitt video and uh, they're gonna have a party for him next Friday and premiere it there and then it'll be on the Thrasher website. Peter fucking Hewitt, this is Peter Hewitt. Come on, you know. Anyhow, today I had an MRI scheduled at uh, four o'clock so I had to rush through things today at work and head home. Cheryl and I walked over to the hospital. It's like three blocks from the house to get my MRI done. The nurse is like, you gotta fill out this paperwork first. Long story boring. I got declined my insurance. It's like $8,000. I was like, whoa, time out, hold the phone. Not doing that. So we said, we'll reschedule. I gotta call the insurance and, and get this figured out. So we walk back home. I start to make dinner, throw chicken in. I'm like, I'm gonna finish up the podcast and put it up tonight, today being Friday. And lo and behold, the rush I was in, by the way. But anyway, lo and behold, I left my fucking project at Thrasher and didn't put it on the hard drive. So, I'm driving back to Thrasher right now. It's like 5.40 at night. All right, that's all I got. I'm heading to uh, high speed. Hey, I almost forgot. I wanna make a PSA, public service announcement. Timothy Donald McKenney needs your love. My homeboy took a vicious slam, hill bombing a couple Ah, maybe two weeks or one week ago something like that now knocked out some teeth fucking had to go to the dentist they're putting bones in there he's gonna be Steve Austin the six million dollar man in no time but right now he's bumming 
And uh, let's all show Tim some love. Comment in below. Hashtag, are you okay? And one other thing that I forgot to mention. We have a new music organizer, editor, director. What, what do we want to call, call this position? It's still in the works. His name, Shane Mednich. He's a good friend of mine. You may have seen him or heard of him. Hightower, the SM Project, the list goes on. The guy's been in a lot of bands. He loves music and he's made a lot of the stuff that I use for Talking Schmidt, like the old dog videos and some of the little segues in the podcast, etc., etc. He loves putting in the work and he and I were talking and this opportunity came up. So bada bing, a new segment has been and it's called SMFM. Anyway, check it out. The, the first one is today in this episode, and it's going to be immediately following the interview. So stay tuned for that. Shane's going to be getting a lot of info together, and I think an email and yada yada for you to send them comments, music, whatever you got. Speaking of Skate Shop Day, my homies at Break Free, Rainy Bears and Hungry, have been holding it down over there. And Hungry started a podcast that I've been helping them with on the back end, like filming it and putting a little edit together and send it over to him so he can throw on his YouTube. And that thing's been cool, man. The Max Schaff episode was recent. I think that's the last one he's done. I got the drive. Going back home. Crank out the edit, and we will be up soon. Shout out to Peter Hewitt, Alyssa Steamer, Sammy Baca, Julian Davison, Figgy, Jeff Rowley. We out. Okay, just got home. About to park the car and finish up this export. While you're waiting, Let's check in with Chris Narocco at NJ Skate Shop with the origin story of Skate Shop Day. Take it away, Chris. What's up, Schmitty? Thanks for beaming us in on Skate Shop Day. Uh, for those that don't know, my name is Chris Narocco. I am one of the co-founders of Skate Shop Day, along with my buddy, Scotty Coates. I'm standing outside of NJ Skate Shop, who I co-own with my best friend Steve Leonardo. Last year we celebrated our 20th anniversary. We're celebrating Skate Shop Day all day long today. Uh, we've got all the stuff from Crooked and Real, Cons, There, America, Quantum Bearings. we got all the Russell stuff. Um, you're wondering like how Skate Shop Day started. It was a social experiment. Uh, Sasha Barr had this support your local skate shop art and Scotty and I asked him if we could use it and uh, I texted it to every pro that I know and just asked if they could post it and that's where it started five years ago now it's grown into this international holiday celebrated by thousands of skate shops around the world and the goal really is to just get people into the shops on these bleak months when we're dealing with like snow and yuck and just really to remind skateboarders and the skateboard industry how important skate shops are to every scene 
you know, you can't figure out how deep that concave is when you order off the internet. You know, the internet's not throwing demos or parties or shows. Um, skate scenes are doing that. Skate scenes are the place you go to when you're new in a town. They're just, they're just the center of every skate scene. And we don't want that to ever get lost. So that's it, skate shop day, it's real simple. Third Saturday of every February, go, go support your local skate shop. And if you don't have one near you, there's a bunch of great ones online. Just order some stuff from them. Support skate shops every day. All right, Schmitty, take care of yourself. Love you, buddy. Let's get on to Backdoor Billy out there in North Kaka. Hey, this is Billy with Backdoor Skate Shop in good old North Carolina, and you're watching Talking Schmidt, the only podcast that matters. A little bit of intro. Talking Schmidt. I'm already not watching. It's cool. Like, tonight is the night. You know, who can get tic tac the fastest down the block? I wouldn't say it was fun. What do you mean? Well, Christian Fletcher's younger brother. Oh, the Dodgers. Oh, big dogs in. What do you think, Colin? John, Schmidt. You want to break in, you got to get broke in. Talking Schmidt, right? And skateboarding. I remember that. What are Yun's doing? Dude, we need a magazine. Black skateboarding history is very important. Yes. This is the moment. Holy shit. What is happening? I'm here for Greg Swift. Yay! I agree. <laughs> Wi-Fi check one. Wi-Fi check two. Hello, everybody. It is National Skate Shop Day. Uh, I think February 18th is the date. Um, we celebrate skate shops every day, but today we're going to give it a little extra shine. Um, Today we're going to go out to 222 East 5th Street in Greenville, North Kaka, and we're going to talk to our good friend Billy out there at Backdoor Skate Shop. Billy, are you there? I am here. What's good, Schmitty? Doing all right? Yeah, how about yourself? Good, man. Rolling with the punches. Rolling with the punches. One day at a time, living the dream. Yeah. What's the weather like back there? A little cold? Oh, man, it is burr freezing. Some people love this. I don't. We just hit 32 degrees. It's like a 11.15. So, uh, yeah, low tonight's going to be 19. You got to love it. <laughs> Let's get a little uh, background information. W were you born and raised out there? Or where are you, where uh, are you originally from? North Carolina, though. Born and bred North Carolina. What part? Uh, the coast, uh, Atlantic Beach, Moorhead City, that area. Well, okay. technically I was born in Goldsboro, but we moved to the coast where my family was originally from on my father's side when I was three. So pretty mm. much that, that's all I knew was uh, living down at the coastal area. So, Did you get into skateboarding on the coast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, man, I was probably in like fifth grade, so I guess that's like 81 maybe. Um, and we had, uh, we lived in the city and there was a, a city park a few blocks away. Now, you know, great in the seventies, the city park, I'm talking like, you know, some rickety swing sets, a metal slide, tennis courts, you know, that type deal. Um, and I was with my two buddies, uh, Robin, John Grantham, and, uh, we just went to the park to be kids, you know? And, uh, I remember there was this little plastic blue banana board just sitting off in the grass in the field or whatnot. And, 
and I don't even think I knew what skateboarding was, you know, uh, obviously I'd probably seen it growing up at the beach, you see the surfer guys, you know, skate and stuff like that. So I'd probably seen it at some point, but I didn't even realize really what it was. And, um, then, uh, so I, you know, it was sitting there, no one's in the park. What do you do? You know, you're 10 years old, you take it home. Naturally, my parents were pissed, made me walk back, you know, that's not yours, you know, go put it back where you belong. So I concocted this deal in my head of like every day I'm going to go to this park and I'm going to see if this board's sitting in the same spot. So for like a week, I'm there every day, you know, I'm just kind of like, you know, lurking around it, you know, like, oh man, the board's still there, the board's still there. So a week I take it home and I somehow convinced my parents to let me keep it, you know, like it was abandoned, you know, blah, blah, blah. And they let me keep it. And I really, again, didn't even know what I was doing, you know, they, like I stood up and skated home on it, you know, I'm carrying it, you know, on my knees, stuff like that. And, uh, man, little did I know, best drug there was. <laughs> so yeah. I'm 52, so you figure, you know, 40, 40 plus years ago. So Wow. A little well, turn of a stick led to a lifelong uh, obsession. Yeah, what's your earliest room, uh, memory of uh, a skate shop? Like, was there a skate shop out on the coast that you went to eventually? Surf, surf shops and, uh, you know, the typical deal, you know, you had your uh, Ronco mopeds, you know, and they had some boards on the wall. You had, you know, your uh, surf shop, Burt Surf Shop, you know, they were uh, pretty much dominated. If you wanted anything legit with skateboarding, you were going to go to Burt Surf Shop to get it, you know. You smell, um, the, you smell the wax in, in, right when you walk in. There's that good. weird smell, right? There's dogs, yep. <laughs> yeah, and, uh, you know, and, and obviously, you know, going there to buy the skate stuff, you were still kind of, you know, there were surfer dudes, but they skated. And uh, then we'd hear rumors about this place called Swenson Park. I remember uh, in Burt's, they had this little wooden uh, – hole i guess to hold the ceiling up or something at the register and i remember uh you know as a kid just going my buddy greg his older brother jerry worked there so we were just being little kids lurping trying to beg for stickers or something you know and uh i remember on this uh hole there was this just little you know three by five uh picture of this dude at a concrete park but all you could see was like the top of the rollover lip and he's doing like this big air and it, it was a pretty skinny board at the time and i remember just being like whoa you know what's that you know blah, blah. and then you know you start putting pieces together of everything and uh so his older brother told us like yeah that's swenson park but uh he wouldn't tell us where it was we knew <laughs> swenson park was the place with the ball field soccer fields it was just this huge enormous uh multi-acre park you know back then and he was like it's swenson you know find it yourself blah 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 so playing like you know or not playing i attempted to play little league and i played uh I don't know if I made it one year. I got smoked in the eye with the ball. I just, I sucked at sports. So I knew where Swenson Park was, though. So uh, me and my buddy would go up there and, you know, just walk and walk. And we're like, man, your brother's an asshole. He lied to us. He lied to us. You know, we're walking this park, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, you, like, hear this barking sound. And it's like, you know, again, didn't really know what skateboarding was, you know, but that that soft, you know, urethane barking. And it's uh, so like, you know, little kids, you know, running through the woods and shit. And basically, Swenson Park was a hand-poured park out in the middle of the woods of Swenson Park. Now, initially, it was run by the city, blah, blah, blah. The land was donated. They got someone to come in, David Sledge, hand-poured it, blah, blah, blah. And it, it was sick for the time. And uh, But they used to have a, this before my time. They had a concession stand, the whole little deal out there. 
Now, by the time I found Swenson Park, you know, the 70s had crashed and burned, uh, pine trees that engulfed the whole thing. So when you're running through the woods, you had to run a good tree line and all of a sudden just came up on this enormous slab of just concrete. And being a surfer town, it's all no coping, you know, rollover, noping style, you know. But, uh, but man, it was a dream come true. And, uh, you know, being a little kid, and we found, obviously, you know, didn't have a skateboard, nothing we had just heard about. I still had the, the turd in the garage probably that I'd found somewhere. But uh, just watching those guys and, you know, the boom box and the metal play in and the punk rock play in and, you know, yeah. the weed smell in the air, you know, and dudes, you know, cranking beers and shit. It was just wild. It was like, holy shit, what the fuck did I just find, you know? <laughs> and uh, again, it, you just uh, once once you get bit, man, it uh, never the fucking same, you know, you know, it already had like a yard sale stick, you know, uh, uh, I think it was like a warp tail or something, you know, it's just another piece of shit on a yard sale, you know, it wasn't good. Tell my parents, you know, we'd go to Burt's because I already knew about the place. And I'm like, they sell these skateboards. So my parents, it ain't like they were, you know, poor, but they weren't just going to shell out, you know, a hundred bucks on this fucking toy. So, you know, we go over there and they're like, lost your fucking mind. You know, my dad was always instilled this uh, thing in me of like, if you want it, you work for it. There's two things in life. You know, one is a need and one is a want. You got to figure out what the fuck it is, you know, and this hundred dollar toy is not a need you know that's a that's an electric bill or whatever you know the parents as they as they should do don't hand your kids some shit you know yeah and, but uh that's like look get a job i don't care where i get a job and i'll drive you there you know so i got a job washing dishes uh paying under the table ironically it was a restaurant called billy's landing <laughs> you know probably took, took me a couple of paychecks but i remember uh knowing that roses sold boards so I was like, well, fuck, you know, a kid, you don't know the difference. You know, what the fuck, a Veriflex Hightail or a Pal Peralta? Fuck, they look the same, you know. And at that point, I'd already uh, lightly ventured into, like, a dude named uh, Leslie Webb, Shout who's out. a surfer dude. And I guess somehow he got a hold of early issues of Thrasher, you know, the big newsprint ones and shit. And uh, yep. so, you know, again, I'm just, again, back to putting these pieces together of, you know, what was going on. And uh, so I got a black and yellow Veriflex Hightail. Man, and I was king of the block with that thing, you know. And uh, <laughs> you know, at that point, I'm learning to tic tac, and uh, you know, they uh, we had these uh, you know, like little curbs around the neighborhood. They weren't straight curbs; they were more just rollover curbs. And you know, again, I'm trying to emulate, you know, like what I thought you're supposed to be doing, you know. And in my mind, I'm on this huge fucking ramp. In reality, it was like you know, a six inch curb or some shit, you know. And uh, holy crap! But anyway, so I got bit by the bug. Uh, no one was really doing it, and. Uh, but I was living um, within maybe a four or five block radius of a bunch of dudes. So I was, you know, you go from elementary school to middle school. So at this point, you're changing schools. You know, you might meet a different. But anyway, um, however it was, you know, I meet these kids on the block, so to speak. And I've got this board and they're just like, fuck, dude, like I want one of them, you know. And yeah, next thing you know, like they're getting boards and, you know, I'm upgrading because, you know, they're able to get a little better board. It's like, well, hey, man, I'll trees this for this plus 10 bucks or whatever, you know, when all this shit's going down and tic-tac, you know, who can get tic-tac the fastest down the block, you know? And uh, again, man, those dudes, uh, I still, I don't see them on a regular, you know, you get older, everybody moves, but it's like, man, when I think about those days, it's like those fucking five cats and, you know, Swenson Park, it got to the point of like, uh, you know, I found it, but it was still a little far for me to go on my bike. So eventually my dad would be like, all right, you know, I'll, 
I'll take you and your road rat friends, you know, and I'll dump you off. But he wouldn't pull all the way down to the park. He would dump us off in the ball field, you know, back to being a hard ass. Like, fuck it, walk it, you know. <laughs> so, you know, walk across the field with our big thermos of water, shit like that, and a fucking maybe a bologna sandwich or some shit. Back then, you didn't care about that shit, though. You know, we're fucking skating, you know. It wasn't like, oh, man, I'm dehydrated. Oh, I haven't eaten in four hours. It was none of that stupid shit I do now. It was just like, fuck, <laughs> man. This is it. You know, I've got, I've only got Saturday and Sunday to fucking live the dream. Absolutely. Is that, pl- is that place still there? Swanson park? It got bulldozed, but basically long story short, uh, man, this fucking place survived in the fucking woods for like 35. Man, I got eight stitches in my chin there. <laughs> right, so, uh, I got a backtrack to so keep me on track though. But, uh, so this is how like just raw the place was. I called an edge, got pitched through. And again, I'm a kid, you know, maybe 13, fucking however old you maybe an eighth grade or whatever but i got pitched to my chin and slid down the wall so it's just blood gushing my <laughs> only one of us had a license he had a white four-door uh maverick and it's just a beaver of a car but you know it's like fuck yeah well you know early 80s that was a fucking rad car but uh so anyway um it was white and i remember i'm just fucking gushing blood like a fucking geyser and uh they're like man hang your head out the fucking window and nowadays cops when well, i would have been pulled someone on a cell phone would have so, I mean, this kid's fucking murdered, but I remember hanging my head out and just a blood trail rolling down this dude's door of the outside of his white Maverick. So we pull up and, you know, I've, I've got a towel over it, but I pull up and uh, we pull up into my driveway and uh, my dad's out doing yard work. And he's like, fuck, is he dead? I mean, cause I'm out of it and I'll never forget. He was like, is he fucking dead? And, uh, my, my buddy's like, no, nah, but he's pretty fucking bleeding crazy. So my dad's like, you know, take him to the hospital. I'll get down there. But anyway, um, my parents never once thought about suing. You know what I mean? Like, no, tell them what that fucking medical bill was to fucking pull my shit together. And uh, I know plenty of other dudes that fucking got broke off down there. No one ever, fu- you don't fucking sue. No. Dude, that, I mean, fuck, dude. That, you want to piss off some fucking people at the party? Fucking, you know, scratch the fucking record one time, you know? So it's just like, um, uh fucking so anyway this fucking coot uh I, I don't even know him i remember the name and it was like man there weren't nobody i fucking knew but anyway um i guess he fucking you know used to skate wanted to fucking uh show his fucking family that he used to fucking skate or some bullshit like that so he fucking take i don't even know if he's got a fucking bald and new board is old wild but anyway he takes his fucking kids and his wife out there like it's fucking disney world going hey i'm just fucking shred you know kind of cringe <laughs> This fucking fool fucking falls, and I think it was his leg he fucking broke. Fucked himself all up, though. He was from South Carolina. His wife fucking ends up. He can't work. He's a construction worker. He can't fucking work. Whoa, slow it down. So back to this whole Sioux shit. This place had lived for fucking 40 years easily with no fucking problem. This dickhead from another fucking state came and pissed on our fucking party. His fucking fucking wife decided to sue the fucking town, sue the fucking town, everybody, right? So now there's lawsuits trying around. The city and the county's like, what the fuck are you talking about this concrete part? Because as I said, it used to be run by the, the town and, you know, the 70s or some shit. You know, it's been long forgot. It's so off the fucking grid. Like, it, once the blue moon, it would show up on the news and, uh, you know, satanic warship and going down, you know, kill the fucking dog, which was all bullshit. You know, uh, you see a Tony Hawk skull and automatically it's like, Oh fuck! They're they're killing fucking birds down here, you know. So, uh, so but even then, it was no one gave a fuck. It was just a blurb on the fucking six o'clock news that never brought any real attention. 
But that fucking lawsuit brought some fucking attention. Oh, this is the guy we're looking for. Clint Perry, he was there on the last session taking pictures of it and shit. Shout out, Clinton. Shout out. So end up hooking up. Oh, actually, Jay Moody. Shout out. I hooked up with Jay Moody, his brother Jerry. They were little kids when I was kind of coming up, so I knew them. At this point, Jay's dad was running like a construction company. So we dig a trench behind it, the low point behind it to go up to the water. Jay comes out there and we basically bag off one low corner with the water so the water can't get to it. And he just goes to it with that fucking saw. We cut a fucking hole out and just watch this water disappear. We're out there with chainsaws, like just going to fucking town on it. And we made it our own private fucking skate park. But uh, it was the deal of uh, keep your fucking mouth shut. One of my buddies is out there skating at one time and the owner of the property comes out there. And uh, he's just tripping on, like, the work we had done. We just skipped. So, anyway, uh, the owner comes out there, and he's tripping. He's like, hey, look, if y'all would just watch the place, y'all have permission. Here's my fucking name. Here's my fucking number. You guys have full run of the fucking place. Just keep doing what you're doing and have fun with it. One time, the pigs rolled up on us, and uh, then they realized, like, fuck, this is like some grown-ass men out here riding fucking toys. This yeah. is, you know. So then next thing out of their fucking mouth was blah, blah, blah. And we're like, whoa, man, uh, this son by Herbert Payton, we got permission to be out here, blah, blah, blah. And actually, like every pig, oh, yeah, sure you do, blah, blah, blah. We're like, well, man, my buddy Mark had hurt his number on it. And he's like, you want to talk to him? These two pigs probably had the biggest fucking hard-ons. And by the time they left, they were fucking wet willy fucking walking back to their car, you know. But uh, but it it was rad. But uh, again, that place, it just didn't last. You know, eventually... One dude just, you know, shit happens and then it lo- and it just spread and then the paint comes in the fucking crackhead still in the fucking metal. And it just next thing you know, it uh, got sold. It was just it's done. It's bulldozed now. These kids now got it so fucking made, man. You uh, you got a parent who's going to drop 250 on a fucking brand new board. You're a shithead of a kid. They're still going to drop 250 on a fucking new board. They're fucking drive you to the fucking town park. That town spent two fucking million dollars on. You've got everything <laughs> fucking handed to you. It's like, dude, are you kidding me? Like, I had to beg for a ride. I had to beg for this. Like, man, you roll up to a park now and it's like, fucking brat, fucking brat, fucking brat. You know, like, you got a couple of cool kids showing up, but it's like. Yeah, I was going to say, who's some of the early guys that you're gravitating towards, like, in the mags? Like, who are your heroes? And then who's maybe one of the first guys that you see in person that's kind of like above the average skater like oh fuck Hasoy came through or one of your local edges maybe blaze blowing or something uh yeah i i, I did get to see but but that was later in, in uh life you know i was already kind of you know knew what the fuck was up by the time i got to see blaze and stuff but uh first pro i ever saw man i'm in north carolina who do you think it's gonna be fucking <laughs> Oh, okay. <laughs> Rob Baker, he was kind of like the godfather of back then. And he he's still a uh, fucking rat. He was from Virginia Beach, grew up with the, I'm not sure what his neighborhood was, but I knew him and Sergi were really tight. So he really turned me on to like, you know, a lot more of the uh, skating outside the magazines of like, uh, yo, you know, yeah, you see him blazing the magazines, but check it out. Like he lives in South Carolina, you know, we, you can go fucking, you know, you can go to Raleigh, skate the fucking uh, farm ramp and fucking see him or Phillips or Hawk, all these dudes, you know. So there was a lot of dudes coming through, but me being on the coast, you didn't really get that love, so to speak. You know, Raleigh was the fucking place, you know. 
had another dude named Brad Griggs. Brad was rad. Uh, he didn't skate surf, but he believed in like the youth shit like that. He had a surf shop. And somehow Rob Baker convinced him to fucking open a rent this building and uh, open this uh, basically a skater bar. It was called the underground and it was right on the, it was the first building as he pulled onto the circle of Atlantic beach. But anyway, somehow Rob got in touch with Sergi and Sergi was on this uh, tour called the bloodshot tour. And I think this was probably like 91. It was Christian Fletcher, Nathan Fletcher, ah. Christian Soy, uh, I'm pretty sure. Ray, yeah. Ray bones, Rodriguez, fucking obviously Sergi. Maybe a few other heads, but basically they were on a Bloodshot tour. And Bloodshot was a band, um, I guess a short-lived little punk rock band. But, but when they were coming through, we built this fucking uh, the surf shop at the other end of the island that had them down there. They, uh, I think Clint might have even been on, on building this. But they brought this uh, fucking like old-school volcano-style ramp, you know, quarter pipe on one end, hip one. Fucking everybody's skating inside, bands are playing. Uh, my first nosebleed was that night. Fucking everybody's fucking running around getting rowdy. And a fucking Nathan jumps up. And obviously he wasn't fucking remember this for shit. He was just looking. But Nathan jumps about the time I'm going down. His fucking head came right up in my fucking nose. So that went so fucking good that then Rob got Brad and, you know, a couple of other dudes kicked money. And we built, I shit you not, it had to have been at least fucking 40 foot fucking wide mini ramp. Six foot tall, 40 fucking foot wide. Uh, PVC coping on one side, metal coping on the other side. And obviously, we're totally fucking urban style. We're buying the wood and doing it. We're not getting no fucking permits. We're not asking for We're not doing any of this shit. I had met Jay and Jerry Moody. They were young kids, but even at a young age, it was like, these kids are going to be fucking nasty one day. I mean, Jay, like I say, Jay probably wasn't even waist tall when I met them, dude. Uh, Jack Taylor. Shout out. Uh, another kid, him and his brother, Jeff. Street skate was coming in. Jack was a fucking ripper. He's out skating this curb, and I'm just trying to be a smart ass. To so uh, we're doing a little curb session. I remember Jack uh, just was fucking ripping. I'm like, yeah, but can you do a fucking one foot three six? Now, what I'm referring to is the fucking old freestyle trick that I knew these fucking new dickheads couldn't fucking do, you know? So he, this fucker's like, yeah. He proceeds to do a one foot 360 ollie, you know? So me being like, yeah, do a one foot 360. And his mind was like, oh, yeah, okay, a fucking 360 Ollie fucking one foot. But I've said it for years, man. Skateboarding is so fucking rad. And for 30 fucking years, easily, fuck, probably more than that, 40 fucking years, I've been like, man, it ain't going to get no wilder. It can't get no fucking wilder. It can't <laughs> get no wilder. Sure as shit, tomorrow I'm going to watch something on fucking .com, and it's going to blow my fucking mind, you know. Dude named Keith Byers, dude named Bill Kelch. These dudes were fucking it up. Like they were getting sponsored by like, you know, vision. Uh, I think when I'm wrote for Dogtown, you know, so you start seeing like, you know, as you get older, your hometown heroes, you know, another dude, uh, D, we knew him as D, but uh, Darren, um, you know, deluxe Darren, you know, another Darren great, Howard. Uh, yeah. Shout yeah out. See all these dudes were young bucks all from fucking the same little fucking town, Clint, Jack, you know, all these what, dudes. What town is that? Uh, well, well, technically it was the County. It was Carter County was more, because, you know, it's like Moorhead, Newport. Uh, uh, Clint was down at the other end of the island in Emerald Isle, you know. And uh, my whole thing that I'm always stoked on from day fucking one. And it, it, back to Rob Baker, he told me this shit, you know. of like, man, just always fucking be rad. Support shit, you know. He he was putting shit in my mind. He was I, I couldn't ask a fucking 
Now, it could be a kook asking some questions. Now, what the fuck are you talking about? But he would check it, you know. If I kooked out, it got checked, you know. And uh, But he always, I could just ask anything, man. And, you know, he, he wouldn't fucking dog me out for not knowing. And with all these younger dudes, that was my thing instilling in them was like, uh, man, don't shit on the next dude. But to watch all the dudes from, like, you know, Jack, uh, fucking Scott Bourne, fucking Clint. Hell, me and Clint were fucking roommates when he moved out west. He literally got the eight-page spread and fucking thrasher on the North Carolina shit. Uh. He's like, man, I think I'm going to fucking do it. I'm like, fucking do it, you know? And he loaded up his fucking car and drove off into the fucking sunset. But that was the shit I would always tell him. Be like, man, make a fucking run at it. But don't fucking forget where you're from. And they never fucking did. And I see what they've done, you know? Darren, being the fucking deluxe team manager, dude, you talk a, a shit for pay babysitting job. Shit, back to what I said in the beginning. Nothing comes fucking easy. Work for your fucking shit. But yeah, Reggie was the first dude, and you know, then you'd go to Raleigh, and then that's when you could really see like the eight street dudes, the plan B dudes. You know, they're all going to Endless Grind. You know, Endless was the fucking place for the demos. I remember the NS101 team came for a fucking demo. Uh, they fucking parked across the street in this fucking van. And when they pulled up, I'll never fucking forget, they opened the door and it was like, Ridgemont High when Spicoli's getting out of the fucking <laughs> van. Hey, bud, what's your problem? It was like clouds of fucking smoke. Went out west one time skating a park and uh, Burnquist and fucking Andy ruined the anti-hero days. Them two just randomly fucking showed up. Check. Hey, everybody. How's it going? This is JD from Holistic Skate Shop in Redding, Pennsylvania. I just wanted to say I hope everyone has a happy skate shop day. Uh, visits their local skate shop, everyone holding it down for the scene out there in all your local communities. And big ups to Talking Schmidt for having us on the podcast. Uh, thanks so much. Have a good rest of your day and a happy skate shop day, everyone. Let's get into 1994. What sparks you to open up a skate shop? Do you move to Greenville to do it? Or are you already there? Like what, how does this all happen for you? I didn't open back door 94. Paul Wojciechowski did. And I didn't come until 97. Oh, okay. Uh, back on that. Um, so uh, the dude, Rob Baker, that I keep talking about, that he kept getting Brad to just believe in our dreams. We had the underground, we had built the ramp, and there was a little concrete building on the corner of the property. It couldn't have been no more than fucking 10 foot by 10 foot. I mean, I'm talking fucking small. But we were like, fuck it, let's do it. We had one display case of Will's truck stickers, one fucking stand-up rack of some fucking boards, and fuck it, fuck Burt's, fuck the surf shop. We're skaters. We're taking the shit back. Like, you ain't got to be no corporate fucking suit and tie guy. Believe in the dream, you know? So so we had, it was circle skates. It didn't live long at all, bless its heart. So, you know, I'd always fucking toyed around of like, man, you know, it really isn't hard to fucking do, you know? Like, I can get an account with Reggie. You know, I'm tight with these dudes. I can make it fucking happen, you know? But I'm a 99 percenter. I go 99 percent, and then I'm like, Fuck it, change direction, you know, and it's just, it is what it is. So long story short, I'm doing my own shit, you know, still skating, you know, all that, but unbeknownst to me, and because I'm down at the beach, so I'm there for a couple fucking years, I'm doing my shit, had a fucking stroke, 25, had a fucking stroke, that was pretty fucking gnarly, uh, uh like I had the stroke, the doctor, there was a fucking quack, uh, he said some shit, gave me this fucking bullshit of, a. Uh, just a bunch of shit was wrong. The ticker was fucking timing out, you know? 
And uh, I remember as it got closer to the date that this dumbass had told me, then the time came, then the time fucking went. And it kept going. I'm fucking 52. <laughs> I was like, man, there's a couple ways I can fucking go about this. You know, I can fucking be one of those dudes who's fucking going boohoo and cry and live in a fucking bubble and just fucking wait to fucking die. Or I could be like, fuck it, you know, go out guns and fucking blazing, you know, fucking make my mark, you know, blah, blah, blah. So, like I said, I've always had this attitude of like, fuck, go for it, you know. But uh, so anyway, all this shit's going on with me. Paul Wojciechowski, um, he is from, this, ironically, from the same town I'm from. And I went to school with his younger brother. I didn't know, but Paul yeah, had already gone to ECU in Greenville, blah, blah, blah. And he was in the music. There used to be this music store at the corner of when you're walking in downtown. And it was a mom and pop music store. So in the uh, 80s, Paul would go there to buy all his music equipment shit. It was just a mom and pop operation. And so Paul graduated college, you know, found his wife married. They chose to stay in Greenville. And he would always look at this fucking two-story corner fucking building. And uh, upstairs was where uh, Rocket Music was. And he just had this fucking dream. And uh, fucking one day it came fucking for rent. And he calls the dude. Uh, the dude says, yeah, I'll rent to you. Paul had two fucking grand he scraped up. The fucking didn't even know what he didn't know where he was going to fucking put it, you know, just fuck it. I'll get the building. We'll start there, you know. So um, he's going to open this music store and, and he does initially it opens this backdoor music. But there was this bump right outside there, uh, right outside the door of downstairs. And it was a it was a California bump. So he might have even got the door maybe slightly open. But anyway, these kids are skating the fucking bump one day. And he goes by there, and uh, Paul's not even working there. He found someone to help him, you know, work the counter, you know, shit like the uh, hippie Lisa. And uh, she would just volunteer to hang out, you know, do whatever. Man, I don't believe in fucking heaven or hell, but I'll tell you, if there is, Paul's a fucking saint, and I know where that dude will be. Kids, they're like 12, 13 years old, skating this bump, and Paul just talks to everybody. He's like, you know, talk to him. He's like, well, uh, where do y'all get your stuff from? Y'all are good, you know, just being cool to these kids, you know. And they're like, man, it sucks. We got to order from CCS, you know, or drive to Raleigh or Wilmington, you know. And so Paul's like, well, you know, I'm trying to open this business, but uh, I've got a business license. Fuck it. Let me out. See if I can order y'all some skateboards, you know, like blah, blah, blah. So Paul goes to the grocery store, fucking buys a slap mag, is looking through it. And there's an ad for South Shore. And it's, uh, you know, back then shops were starting to open up because, you know, the early 90s, you know, we had that boom coming around again. Sure. So South Miranda's ad, and I can't remember exactly what the price was, but it was like three tiers to open your shop. It was like, you know, 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, 1,500 bucks. You know, you just call, they're going to fucking pack you to stick of shit, get it to your fucking door, you know. So mm -hmm. uh, Paul's like, uh, you know, gets the dealer app, you know, gets everything signed in with them. And, you know, there's no internet, so it's all catalogs, you know. That, that actually, uh, back then, they faxed him uh, some shit so he could start showing it to the kids quick. But they sent him a catalog, so he meets up with the kids, and he's like, here's this catalog, you know, is this what you got, you know? And they're just, what, you're going to let us, like, pick this shit? Like, whoa, you know? And he's like, you know, I'm, I'm a surf background, you know, so he's like, you know, like, this is your, you guys' fucking gig, you know? So they're picking the shit, you know, Paul orders it, shows up, the kids buy it, you know, and they're just fucking stoked. They're hanging out, Paul's letting them hang out, they're hanging out in the shop, all this shit, you know, and they're like, 
well, order this, this, and this, you know. And, but I think Johnny down the block would want this, and, and Ricky wants this, you know, so Paul would order a mm. couple extra boards, you know. So basically, unbeknownst to him, he was opening a skate shop. He had no fucking clue of the huh. catalyst that was forming when he was fucking talking to those kids. Okay. So, um, so it basically, you know, turns into a fucking skate shop, and um, downstairs is a coffee shop downstairs and paul ain't never made a fucking die man november will be 30 fucking years and paul ain't made a fucking time he still works 50 fucking 60 hours a fucking week still fucking feeds the machine with his paycheck you know it's like we survive but we're, we don't like we don't thrive you know and and we're cool with that you know like thrive is something it's just cool to be alive it's cool to fucking do what we've done it's cool to see the shit you know okay. so um again you know paul's kind of at this point, clueless about skate. Now, um, Lenny Kurtz, pro for Alien still, you know. But now, Lenny's, you know, from this fucking area. So now we've got this bump that's become famous, you know. And, and there was a Greenville crew already existing, you know. So now Paul's starting to get skateboards. Now these dudes are starting to come around. The, you know, they're more my age at that point, you know, in their 20s, you know. And they're coming around like, holy fuck, like, who's this dude? He ain't one of us, but he's opening a shop. And he's not some, like, like this dude's legit. I'm not claiming. So everybody just starts supporting, you know. And uh, so downstairs is a coffee shop. Uh, same same owner. Um, so it comes up for rent. Paul's like, "Fuck it, less fucking up." Because there's a there's a city shitty part. You know what I mean? So it's like, and it's a uh, you know, uh, it ain't like the fucking metal prefab, but it's still like it was Dave Mirror's town. You know, it's a fucking bike park. It's huge, you know. Oh, that's where Dave Mira is from? Yeah, yeah. He, he's from New York, but, you know, he moved here. His brother came here and then talked Dave into coming here, and they basically created the BMX scene here. But, wow. uh, so, you know, the city was fucking, you know, tickling his fucking balls, so they built this fucking huge fucking uh, extreme, you know, park, whatever the fuck they call it. Neil Hendricks came from Winston-Salem to skate it for a contest. Uh, Sinclair used to come skate it for contests. So they had a scene going on in Greenville, you know, and, mm. uh, but, uh, so anyway, Dave comes down, all this shit, city's like, oh, well, fuck it, let's get rid of it, and they build this just huge bike park. We would come up and skate it, but I didn't know what was going on with back door yet, all right? So we would come up from the beach, skate JC Halfpipe, go fucking back home. So unbeknownst, all this shit's being created, you know, by Paul. And um, my buddy Marty moves up here for college in like uh, 96 and uh, maybe 95. But, but anyway, so he's like, uh, hooks up to all the backdoor dudes, all these dudes our age that are street skate, you know. So Marty's like, dude, you've got to fucking come up here and stay. You're not going to believe what the fuck they've got going on. So I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll be there this weekend, you know. So I go visit Marty and uh, he's, he's like, man, this place fucking back door it's crazy like they'll start off with music there's music over here but man it's it's fucking wild it's heat bubble so we go up there and uh this dude brad reed his he's from charlotte originally his parents owned a concrete connection what the fuck is that so i go upstairs there's this dim fucking line i'll never forget it's like a dimly lit old school desk lamp just barely fucking you know last bit of filament in the fucking bulb you know this dude, Brad Reed, is like hung over, like, you know, head down on the counter. There's like cobwebs, you know, like off the lamp. And it was just like, but there's this fucking skateboard. 
there's all I'm hearing skateboarding going on downstairs, and I'm like, fuck yeah, you know, this is this is skateboarding. This ain't no pretty boy surf shop, bright lights, fucking neon. This is fucking what I perceived as skateboarding. You know, back to looking at early get ink on my fingers, thrashers, you know, it's like, yo, yeah. this is what I imagine, like, this is what the boys were doing was more what Paul at back doors doing, not what Bert's doing over at the surf shop. You walk down these stairs into downstairs. Paul had gotten it place for rent. He built at this point, the bowl was only framed up, but he had built a, a quarter pie. There was just, it's only a thousand square foot, maybe, maybe 1200 square foot tops. He had built a quarter pipe, a uh, fucking man, a five foot quarter pipe that barely went to vert, hand poured coke on it. But the bowl he built, it was just framed up. And I remember walking down, stepping on the deck, seeing this bowl, instantly walked back upstairs, told Marty, I was like, man, I'm fucking moving here. You watch. Yeah, you got it. Went back home after the weekend, told my fucking uh, landlord, and maybe told him, maybe he didn't. But either way, 30 days, I was fucking out. I could see you doing this. And uh, fucking moved to fucking Greenville uh, with spare changing out of the couch, anything I could find. The fucking three bucks is all Paul would charge to skate. So I'm starting to meet the locals. And I remember this dude, Chris Robinson. Chris was a ripper. When he met me, he was like, dude, you smile a lot. And I'm like, and at this point, I've gone through the stroke. All that shit's happened. And I remember, man, if you knew what I'd been through, you'd just be stoked me skating with some dudes too, you know, blah, blah, blah. And But it was just, again, life. Long friendships are forming at this point. Little did I know, you know, but these are like lifelong homies to this day that I'm meeting. We get the ball fucking bill. And when I say ball, you might as well set a fucking pool. It was a fucking wooden fucking pool. Mm. There's a lot of people that helped, but a dude named Cass Wygent uh, designed that. When Paul said, hey, build this fucking ball, Cass built what he wanted for everybody to skate. There was a lot of input, but it was a, one corner was seven foot, hand poured concrete, dropped down a foot and a half to the other corner that was five, dropped down five and a half, dropped to an escalator four around another corner, came back around, jumped up to five, then went to eight foot vert straight to the fucking wall. Um, then went back around. It was crazy. Um, Super Not Boys came through, you know, street dudes, they fucked that ball up. And every dude that came through were just like, holy fuck. Y'all built this? But anyway, no one was really doing the shit. There was, what was the uh, the one out west? Uh, the grind, maybe? That had, that was pretty gnarly pool, you know, shit like that. As far as dudes were building some shit. But, uh, well, the but hanger that, was there, right? Like, uh, what oh, yeah, now the, well, See, the hanger was such a big bowl. Big yeah. warehouse, you know, shit like that. I guess even the ground. They, but it was like to see something in a... The, the space itself was 1,200 square foot, so the bowl probably was only uh, taken up like 400. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like I learned from Paul, never fucking ask for fucking permission. Never ask for permission. Always ask for forgiveness after you're busted, but never ask for permission because <laughs> you're just putting it out there, you know. So I remember getting this call. It was fucking cold and fucking rainy. I get this call. I'm like, yeah, we got dudes like got a bowl. Well, yeah, we. But let me explain it to you, and I'm describing it to him, and he's like. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll come for the Outer Banks. You know, we'll, we'll be there in a couple hours. A few hours later, I hear the fucking downstairs door open, you know, to come up into the shop. And I uh, hear, you know, some dudes walking up and these like, full on fucking bowl trogs fucking come up. The three dudes come up. They're like, hey, yeah, we're called about the bowl. You know, I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's right down the steps. I'm talking to two dudes. 
The third one goes down, and he does just like I did years ago. Walked down, came right back up. I was like, Marty, I'm moving here. Dude walks down and says, fuck it. Paying the fucking three bucks. Y'all don't need to look at it. We're good. Fucking, they all put the three bucks on the counter. Fucking pat it up. Fucking started coming there. They, I still got some pictures upstairs. They would bring me pictures. They're like, we're fucking building the ball, too. Little did I know what the fuck they were going to build. You know, they're having contests full on Ranger, but it's all back to that spark, man. It only takes a little fucking bit. I'm not saying Wanchies was built and all those good times happened because of backdoor. Not saying that by any means, you know, it takes effort of all the dudes. But what if backdoor never had the bowl and the Wanchies dudes never called? You know, would they have been stoked on dudes can to fucking do this? Would they have built it? How much, you know, it's all, you know, yeah, inspo. little moments in fucking life. Do you know why Paul named it the back door? Simple as this. You had to enter through the back door. Huh? Where we built uh, the entrance to upstairs has always been through the back. Downstairs has two entrances, one to front door, one to back door. The front door you couldn't really come into because we built the bowl there. Which is ironic because, you know, Paul named it Backdoor in 94. And then all this sneakerhead shit starts in like, you know, Nike what got in the game, the, the real time, what, 02, I guess. But all the sneakerhead shit, I guess, started happening like, you know, 2015. I don't know, maybe earlier than that. But all these dudes on this fucking dunk shit, the sneakerhead, we've been accused of naming. We don't Backdoor fucking these shoes. We put them out and fucking people buy them. And that uh... is... I don't do any of this fucking rap. We've done all, we've tried all the shit and it don't work. First come, first serve, don't raffle. Fuck it. Put them on the fucking shelf. The first dude with cold hard cash fucking buys it and fucking done, you know? So uh, we're doing it like that. And a lot of these sneaker flipper dudes didn't like it because they weren't getting their fucking shoes because they weren't doing lines or raffles. Or so they were like, yeah, man, Billy, they're called backdoor because they're backdoor in the fucking shoes. And I'm like, you fucking idiots, do your research. We named backdoor in 94. You dudes were still fucking getting blown on the back of the shed by your dad. Like, you weren't even in existence, you know? Like, get the fuck out of here. Where did you get these from, son? They're flying over my god, dad. You wouldn't understand. Not in my house. Why don't you just... <laughs> Fly Mosque Chap. All sales final. 4509 Manona Drive. Super sweet, eh? Manona, Wisconsin. And Greenville's a college town, right? There's ECU. Yeah, we've got a big uh, college and a big hospital, man. If you took those two things off the fucking map, we're t a tumbleweed town, you know. But uh, uh, the college is huge, man. It uh, brings a lot of revenue in this town. It keeps us alive, you know. Like, so do you guys sell those long cruiser boards? That's how you took the words out of my mouth, man. If you would have come back to me in like the late 90s and be like, yo, I got this magic ball and I'm fast forward in 20 years and you're going to be selling – Fucking longboards and fucking Nikes and uh, fucking socks with mushrooms and fucking weed on it. You that's all you're gonna be doing, you know. Like that's gonna pay your bills. I'd have probably fucking pop you in the eye, kicked you out, like the whole deal, you know. Like fucking, you're crazy. Lucky if we don't get red notices, but man, it's all about those sparks and memories, you know. So it's like you can't ever put a fucking price on that shit. You have a story about Fink coming through, right? 
that wasn't I do have a story with Think, but uh, that was um, down in Fayetteville. A dude named Terry Grimble was doing the Think demo down there. And um, that might have been 97. It was uh, fuck Drahobel, uh, Drahobel, Wade, uh, fuck, I think McKinney was on that one. Tim McKinney, if I was going to tell him what he should do, he should fo focus on one thing because he has a lot of power and energy. And if he puts it into one thing, it's going to shine bright, you know? Fucking Jesse Paez and uh -huh. uh, Greg Carroll and fucking Bob was driving y'all around in some fucking... <laughs> Big-ass, gray fucking beater car or some shit, I want to uh, say. Oh, uh, the Bob Reynolds one. Yeah, yeah. I think it was some big beast gray car. Was Phil there? Oh, yeah, Phil was there. Man, I've got the flyer somewhere. I think Phil was there because I want to say um, I got a dude. No, that was a Hobo doodle. Man, I think Phil was on that one, too, I believe. Uh, mm. It was just such a fucking rad time. But I remember Wade, Wade, well, and Hobo. Hobo's just going to rip whatever, but Wade was fucking uh, lighting gasoline behind him, setting that shit on fire around yeah. that. Yeah. You know? That was a good squad. Hey, what's up, everybody? It is Skate Shop Day. This is Eric from Classic Skate Shop in Reno, Nevada, giving props to every single skate shop owner out there. Let's all have a sick and profitable Saturday. Let's stoke out all of our customers. And yo, it's all about skateboarding. Hey, skate shop owners, we know it ain't easy, but baby, boy, is it fun. Let's do it. Shout out Talking Schmidt. Let's go. Cool, man. I'm going to need, uh, you got to send me some photos of kind of like the history of the shop. If you got photos of the shop from the beginning till now and how it kind of the phases and stuff, yeah, it'd be cool. To, it'd be cool to see that stuff. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Now I'm a uh, being bucked to that nerd, man. I'm a uh, fuck. If backdoor has been in print, whether it was mirror in the fucking BMX mag or, us in the local college paper, man, you guarantee I got that shit. You're like, a collector, I, right? I hoard it, man. I hoard it all. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know if you can see behind me with my big-ass fucking frame, but... Uh, all yeah, the mags is, uh, and videos and... Woo! Uh, oh, shit, you just had Barard on. Uh, that's yeah. Barard up in the corner with Brock somewhere up there in the corner. I don't know if you can make it out ah, or not. Okay. But yeah, uh, that's a uh, Kyle Rippin fucking uh, Marsh Creek. I think the shots are uh, by dude named Billy Children. Shout out! I've got my shit together. I've got all my mags of any North Carolina dude on the cover, um, and I'm trying to do something uh, of uh, just North Carolina. Hit up all the shops and not all the old mags. It just old mags with North Carolina dudes on the cover. Whether it's Kenny, Chad, any of them. Uh, fucking, I got Brian Howard. I think he's got some covers in here. Like anybody everybody gets love north carolina needs a little more love you know so it's Let's like do one it. of, but that's it anything north carolina and skateboard man i'm all fucking about it well what would you say without thinking too hard is like your kind of prized possession oh fuck uh I just sold my Gons board last year for like five grand. I was somebody offered it to me. I was like, "Yours, dude! Like that's a lot." I'm, I, that's I, what scares me, man. Is I've got some heavy shit that I know fools out there will pay fucking money for, and I'm like, "Fuck!" I, you know, like five grand in the account or this old piece yeah. that I'm stubbing my toe on, or is man, I've probably got no bullshit. Um, 
I'm in the garage and my garage is all this shit, you know, and I mean, I've got everything from like back to prize possessions. This is kind of touching on it. Number there one, you know. baby. Yeah. You know, and this, dude, this, I, not, not the Tudor, but this thing is fucking mint fucking condition. First Thrasher um, in mint condition. I, I paid up for it, but I got a good deal and I see what fools pay for them. You know, I have, I've, I've always been a fan of Phillips since day one. Um, just that dude's mentality, his outlook. It ain't like there was a million interviews with you, but anything I've read with that dude was like, this is what I'm connecting with, you know? And I know it's cliche now with every old dude's, oh, Phillips and fucking Grosso and fucking Mountain, you know? And it's like, was there a plethora? Yeah, man, every goddamn top 12 dude was my, I was down with, you know, but Phillips was just something about him, you know, like, mm. Interviews of like ramp shaking, you know, and fuck his stiff legs, man. So what I've got upstairs is um I was doing punk rock shows at the park. There's this band called Bread and Water from Dallas, Texas. They were they come through a few times already. So we were, you know, uh becoming buddies or whatnot, hanging out afterwards, you know, not my house stuff. And I was loaded. I was like, yo, uh fucking can you find me Phillips's tombstone and get me a charcoal rubbing of it? And he gave me the look you did. He's looking like, what the fuck, you know? And, uh, but it's back to that whole nerd. I Like, I love cool shit. And, you know, I love all the mags and videos. But, man, every collection's got this shit. Maybe not Thrasher number one. Maybe not this. Maybe not that. But, man, everybody's got that mag or video collection. And, you know, the debt collection, you know. Uh, my shit's like, yo, I want to have the obscure shit, the, the weird shit, you know. So, um, like, uh, so um, about this charcoal rubbing he's like well i hang out at this bar where uh craig johnson hangs out i mean if you want i'll ask him but are you being serious and i'm like i'm fucking dead and at this point i'm like you know becoming sober from my butt i'm just like dude i'm dead serious dead fucking serious you know and uh i shit you not he came back through um you know i don't know six months or what that fool had fucking made me, I think, either four or five charcoal rubbins of fucking Phillips fucking tombstone. Holy cannoli. I was like, you've got to be shitting me. Wow. So, um, the other Where's he buried? Dallas. At Dallas, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, it's a full-on charcoal rubbin of Phillips's tombstone. See? And I'm like, holy shit, you know? So I give the uh, other ones out to dudes that really belong to them and I can say they're all up displayed. So mine's framed upstairs um, in my, you know, way crazy shit that don't need to be in a garage shit, you know. So that's where that's upstairs. Uh, but holy gross. But I'm such a Phillips nerd. Like, I'm looking at it over in the corner. I have a uh, full-on gas station Phillips 66. Oh, sick. Yeah. On the pole, you okay. know, um, I've got a fucking uh, seven-foot porcelain Sinclair gas station sign. Mike Sinclair, you know, it's just one of them deals of like, but, uh, but I'm just Philip 66. Like, man, the trick itself. Oh, back to Bob Burns. You know, come on. We all know what a burn twist is. You know, it's <laughs> like Phillips was doing that shit. You know, I got shit. Like, here's something out. Like, let's see. Can you make that out? Skip park van skateboard. Wait, skateboard van. When Pepsi <clears throat> had the traveling skateboard team. Holy shit. And this is a still sealed in the plastic, uh, 1979, still sealed in the plastic 
uh, skateboard band, Pepsi skateboard band. So, you know, shit like this is pretty right. Cause you know, again, 79, you know, I ain't even found that fucking plastic turd stick yet, you know, but so yeah. this is something I know, um, uh, the dude over at Cardinal, I know he has one. I'm not sure if his is sealed or not, but it's shit like this. You know, you could probably, you That's know, find insane. it. Why not you won't find it, you know, but it's like, yo, sealed. It's pretty crispy, you know. So it's just like, like I say, you know, you can go to someone's collection, but you probably ain't going to see a fucking, you know, Pepsi skateboard van model, you know. So, That's so amazing. Like the collection, I just try to, you know, uh, just have shit like that. Some a little, I'm looking around. So I don't know, just like obscure shit, you know, like, uh, like, uh, you know, everybody's got like a skateboard raisin, California raisin, you know, mm. you know, there's a little fucking Shuriken fucking figure. Ooh. You know, it's, it's just nerdy shit like that, you know. That's uh, sick. Shuriken's coming on the show. When you bring it, you got to sing it. I think this would probably be my holy grail for you. And I hope the dudes at Deluxe don't come after me for it. But um, when P-Stone had his board released, ah. um, the barbecue board by Antihero, yeah. I legit ordered them, and I ordered five of them. The day, I guess the day I ordered them, they, you know, shipped, you know, day or two, whatever, you know. Um, he passed away during that time. Of only a matter of, you know, 48 hours of my sheet. Unfortunately, he passed away. My boards had already been shipped. Deluxe does that huge recall. So, you know, Reggie, everybody, you know, no one's selling the boards. My five had already shipped. So they show up to the shop, and I legit bought them from the shop for fucking, you know, the uh, their hotel price. I bought all five of them and kept them wrapped in the shrink. They've never seen the light of day, and they're just yeah. sitting upstairs with, 500 other fucking boards, you know? So it's, you know, so I got a lot of different Holy Grails, you know? And like I say to me, the Phillips is the shit, but I know with someone like you, it'd probably be like, fuck, dude, those five untouched fucking P-Stones, that's fucking, you know? Yeah. Was COVID your best year as a skate shop? It, uh, it was. That seemed to be like what a lot of people were telling me. And it was kind of like fake. It got you like all excited. And then after it kind of like dipped way back. Yeah. I remember, uh, um, you know, we were paying bills on time. Uh, and we were paying bills as soon as they came in the mail, you know, it was like, this is insane. We're not even waiting till the due date. You know, it's like when you see someone who has money, they've always had money and then they become poor. What the fuck do I do? Now, if you've always been poor, right. get a little cash in your pocket, then you're poor again. It's oh, big fucking deal, you know? And yeah. you're done that one, you know? Like, we were turning and burning a lot of product. So we always, in the back of our mind, was like, you know, it's going to last forever. It's going to last forever. So when it hit, we were wide the fuck open, but we were being smart with our money. It was like, pay everything first, anything extra, let's fucking, you know, gas up the fucking walls, you know? And, uh, so we were kind of, you know, we ain't done a lot of smart shit business-wise, but that was one of the things I think we, uh, back to that, knowing what it's like to be, put, knowing, you know, red notices, you know, shit like that. So we're like, man, this is nice, but there's no way it's going to last forever. So sure as shit, you know, we, uh, let's see, 2019 was our last, like, normal year. I think 2020s around COVID hit, you know, sometime around then. Um, 
we uh we figured ways to stay open you know shit like that we uh door was locked but we figured out a way to open the door let you in and when you left we locked the door back we weren't locking up you know no no offense but ain't nobody gonna fucking pay my bills but me and paul you know so simple mm, as yeah. that. 2020 started heating up 2021 was fucking holy fuck this is insane everybody wants a fucking board this is this crazy. We gave dudes raises. It was just nuts. Like, holy shit. Like, you're working at a ski shop and got a fucking raise? Like, damn. And, uh, but then you slowly saw the writing on the wall, you know, a uh, little less kids coming around, a little less kids at the park, little less, you know, and, uh, next thing you know, you blink and we were right back to fucking normal, you know. But for us, I know I've talked to a lot of shops that are down. Luckily for us, and I don't know, what the fuck we did right because me and Paul don't even know what the fuck we're doing. And, uh, but somehow we're down per se from 2021, but, uh, in 22, we're down from that. But ironically, 23, we beat some of 22's months, if that makes sense. No, you know, okay. and that's when things were getting back to normal. So it was like, fuck, man, we're normal this month. There's no COVID. Last year, COVID was booming, and we made X amount of dollars, and we just made fucking, you know, three grand more this month. Fuck, must be doing something. Now, we've had a lot of goose eggs. Don't get it wrong, you know. Sure. <laughs> but overall, now that it's plateaued, we're right where we were for the year with our COVID numbers. Okay. So, you know, I, I don't know why or how the fuck it worked like that, um, but uh, for luck, luckily for us, we just figured out some fucked up weird equation that, you know, Put your money in fucking product and just fucking fingers crossed and hope for the fucking best. You gotta want it. Hi, it's me, award-winning actor Slam Elliot. <laughs> when riding through Lancaster, PA, old Winston likes to take a break for a drink at Ignition Skate Shop. That's when I set up a new board and hit them nice curves. Mosey on down for skate shop day this Saturday, and let's roll. What is your guys' outlook on skate shop day? Is it like a special thing? It seems like you guys are having an event this year for it. We fucking love it, Ed. I'm not going to hate on fucking Hallmark holidays and shit like that. You know, uh, fucking go skateboard day shit, you know, first day of summer. It's like, yeah, you know, I get it. It's like, okay, but, you know, like, how many times have we seen that fucking stupid picture go, you know, every day skating it? But that's true, you know? It's like, dude, what, one fucking day? Because it's the first day of summer, you know? And then it's like, okay, it's National Go Surf Day, too. It's National fucking Eat a Fucking Big Mac. What the fuck, you know? And it's, So I used to really hate on the shit, on the, the go skateboard day. Because it was like, every day is go skateboarding. If you're a fucking skateboarder, every day yeah. should yeah, yeah. be a skateboarding day, you know? Um, so I just hated it, bashed it. I, I, you know, I'm not a dick, but I like to talk shit. I like to think there's a gray area somewhere, but I also believe, you know, there's a, a fucking cut and dry with the fucking nonsense. So when go uh, ski shop day came out, dudes would they called me out? And they're like, "What the fuck, man? Hallmark holiday?" And I'm like, "Nah, y'all fucking missed the fucking point. Go skateboard day is every fucking day, but y'all fuckers ain't supporting the shop. All you know, like this, that, and other. So." The fact that these dudes have done a 
support your skate shop day. That's the fucking difference. You know, and I get it. These kids didn't know no better, but I'm trying to explain the difference. Go skateboard day, support skate shop day. That's a big fucking difference. You know, get to know your shop. Come in. You know what I mean? Fuck, we, we got videos playing all the time. We got a big ass fucking TV. Fuck, man. Uh, we're just like Blue Plate minus the fucking beer and the food. You know what I mean? Hey, it's Corey at Blue Plate, 3218 Mission Street. Come see us. Meatloaf, fried chicken, deviled eggs, Dollar Olympia beers. We're here every day of the week. We got a garden and we got smiles on our faces. Come let us make you happy. Blood Wizards. Blood Wizards. Blood Wizards. But it's like, yeah, just fucking come in, man. Nobody's going to fucking vibe you. Just fucking come chill. Um, oh, man. Uh, you know, um, and, and it's cool, too, because I don't know everything with skateboarding. You know, uh, I, I know a lot. I feel like I know a lot, you know. Um, and uh, But it's cool because, you know, we've got dudes that work at the shop, and they're great skateboarders, but they might, might not know uh, Ray Bones Rodriguez, you know, where the skull and sword, you know. Not that they really give a fuck at the end of the day. But it's it's cool to watch some of these kids like they always trip out when I show them video day, you know, and it's kind of brings me back to like, fuck, I remember watching this. I tripped the fuck out too, you know. And I'm like, well, man, if you got if you see this, man, you gotta watch questionable, you know, and it's like taking them down that fucking, you know, rabbit hole of like, you know, then the kid's coming back and he's like, What about this, this, and this? And you know how it is on YouTube. You just can go down yeah, that yeah. rabbit hole and if you want, man, you can find some radical fucking shit. So uh yeah, you know, we've got the videos playing, but uh, oh, but I just I think it's rad. I think the skateboard shop I think is fucking rad that what they're doing. Um, we uh, the first year was a little slow for us, you know. Uh, I don't think kids really got it, and I think it was back to that. Well, Billy hates on Hallmark days. What the fuck is this about? Why is he pushing this? Then the kids kind of got it because the kids that did show up were fucking amped on what we were doing. You know, we built an old school fucking long tramp. This weren't one of them little fucking uh fucking little, you know, uh, shit pitches, you know, it was like old school fucking style. Like it's going to fucking throw you, it's going to throw you fucking up and it's going to throw you fucking out. And, uh, they just got stoked on it. Then, um, so the kids that didn't go carried all these other kids fucking how rad of a time that, you know, so I'm like, let me mark my fucking calendar. You know, I'm fucking be there next year. Last year was off the fucking hook. I mean, it I, I'm not like out there with a the little counter going, you know, one, two, three, four, five, you know, hold on everybody. You know, I'm not counting shit, but man, we probably had fucking, uh, 50, 60, 70 fucking kids out there, guys, girls, old, young fucking. And it was rad. And you know, you're doing some cool fucking shit when, uh, we're right on the corner of, uh, the downtown area. So we've got two different main roads going and we're right on the corner. We, yeah. don't get no we just take over the fucking sidewalk and uh, it's a pretty wide sidewalk. And, uh, you know you're doing something right when dudes are stopping at the red light, rolling there in the window watching you, light turns green, and they don't even fucking leave. And the car behind them's not honking either because they're fucking watching, you know? So it was really rad, but last year we brought out um, a high jump thing. I built, like, a fucking, you know, two bars and a fucking pole shit uh, for, like, a hippie jump, blah, blah, blah. And um, I initially, I think I put it, like, you know, maybe fucking a – three feet, you know, screws every like six inches or some shit like that, you know, to set the bar on. And next thing I know, these, it was, I think we did like hippie jump, regular Ollie, shit like that. And uh, these fuckers ended up like, you know, hometown hero dudes, uh, 
ended up fucking doing so good. I had to be like, hold up, fucking pause, go in, put fucking more screws up the whole goddamn five foot fucking bar. bar, We're doing it six inches. We ended up fucking maxing out at fucking five feet was the top of the two by four. And a fucking dude jumped, a hippie jumped over and fucking landed it. It was like, this is fucking rad. But, you know, and it takes me back to that shit. You know, what was, was the old MAGA fucking skate skateboarder? Where, where the, she's doing the fucking, I think it's a chick. I could be wrong, but somebody's doing like the big hippie jump over the fucking pole. Yeah. And I, yeah. It just brings me back to that shit. And it's cool seeing these kids because some of these fuckers got some fucking hops on them, you know? Maybe. And it's like, yeah, maybe I can't fucking ollie over this, but I know how to fucking jump in the air and land back on my board. We're expecting big shit again. Um, we, uh, we're always building shit for the kids, you know, and it's more of like, well, what the fuck do y'all want? You know, and mm. every, like, we just want the fucking long tramp and a hippie jump, you know, and we've got this long rail. I don't even, it's a round rail. It's fucking dangerous as shit. Some kid fucking made it and gave it to us, but for some reason the dudes like it. It's very fucking long and only has the, it has legs with arch supports only at the end. So when you go on it, it kind of does this fucking bounce shit on you a little bit. And it, oh, okay. Sick. Call it the bouncy rail. And it's kind of like dudes are learning to fuck it up, but it scares me. Cause I'm like, I ain't trying to hate on the dude that made it, but it's like, yo, if you fall on a corner of one, it's a round rail. But if you fall on the end, fuck, dude, you're going like, you're going to get fucking sliced, you know? Okay. And, so I'm not trying to scare the fucking kids, you know, but it's like, oh, fuck, please don't get hurt. And none of them do. It's like kids don't fucking get hurt no more. They're just fucking, they come out the fucking womb with a fucking, I'm able to fucking do this fucking shit mentality. Yo, it's me, Big Hungry. You know where to find me at. Break Free, 1212 Webster Street. You might catch Rainy in there some days, too. We got all the sickest boards. All the stickest gear, and we just chilling too. So pull up, come have a good time with us. And a big shout out to Skate Shop Day. Love it. You know, February sometimes stuff's a little slow, but you know, on the 17th, pull up to your local skate shop and you cash out. Take all the pennies out your jar and buy the biggest sticker you can buy and give it to the smallest kid on the street. Stoke them out. And you did your job for Skate Shop Day. Easy. Well, I got an idea for you. I don't know if this this can happen, but if you guys got a local filmer there, why don't you have them film the event and put together some of the best shit and send it to me and we'll put it up on the on the next episode. I'd be down. Yeah, we got a kid that works for us, and uh, he's totally down with that. He's uh, okay. done some videos for us in the past. So, yeah, especially if I tell him, yo, Schmitty's going to fucking put it up. Yeah, he'll be all about it. But, yeah, he's, he knows what he's doing. He's got what he's, you know, fancy cameras yeah. and all that shit. Knows hey, let's let's get it. Let's get it. That'd be cool to see your local scene and stuff. Dick's in North Carolina. We have a good fucking time. Okay. What, what do you, what are you hoping for? I mean, obviously you want to see sales increase and all that stuff, but if it's a, you know, national skate shop day, what kind of things are you hoping for from the community and what would you hope to see countrywide? Like what, what kind of things besides obviously going to the shop, but like, is there, is there something that you think that like, uh, kids could do differently? More More involvement. Not just one day, but 365 days. More involvement. Um, 
kids need more adult involvement. And I'm not talking about like, oh, let me hold your hand and chaperone you. I'm talking about when we go to these fucking city meets for a fucking skate park. Oh, uh, yeah. These fuckers aren't listening to kids, but they're listening to the fucking taxpaying parents. You know what I mean? And that's the biggest thing um, is participation from more of the adults I would like to see. But I also would like, and I'm not saying it doesn't happen, but I would also like to see uh, participation from fucking kids at their shop as far as like, uh, hey, um, do you need me to take the trash out? I know y'all were busy all day long fucking slinging boards and hooking it up for me to have a red time. Would you like me to take the trash out for you guys? It's just simple shit like that that makes a fucking difference. You know, like mm. I've taken out trash before, like, you know. Hey, fuck it. You know, it's all, what's the big fucking deal? I'll take out trash, run around back. Put shit like that of like, a, hey, uh, you want me to vacuum after y'all close? Like, just shit, get fucking involved. You never know. Help out, man. Help out. When I worked at a skate shop, there was this kid that used to come in on the weekend and he would be like, what do you guys want? He, We would order the food. He would go get us lunch and bring it back and then have lunch with us. And that was his way of kind of being in with the cool guys, so to speak. But oh, like yeah. that kind of stuff goes a long ways, you know? That's what I was going to say. One minute you could be taking out the dude's fucking leftovers of fucking garbage after they fucking dogged you out for fucking eight hours at the shop ridiculing you. Mm -hmm. Because you took the shop out, you might be getting a fucking offer to job on fucking Saturdays to work the fucking counter. There you, you know, go. it's like, See? instead of getting heckled and crying, dude's got to get the fuck over that, man. Like, if you want to break in, you got to get broke in. It's a different world. I'm an old dude, but man, that's the one good thing about Paul backdoor. Everything that we do is, uh, man, it's fucking heckle town in there. Like, uh, ah. you know, it's like, we still believe in fucking heckling. We still believe in fucking ripping you. I mean, fuck bacon, man. You fucking act the fool. You're going to get fucking bacon. It's back of your neck. going to get fucking flat and lit. We still believe in that shit. No one's going home crying at her fucking mom. Oh, the dude did a ski shot picked on me, mom. They, uh, they yeah. call me fucking Fat Freddy because I'm the fucking little guy. Get, get the fuck over it. You know, it's like I make the joke all the time. It's like, yo, I'm missing fucking teeth. My teeth are busted out. I'm fucking bald and I'm fucking overweight. What am I going to fucking do about cry? Fuck no. That's the way it fucking is. Laugh at my fucking self. That's the problem. People are scared to laugh at their fucking self. Absolutely. Everybody, you know, like. Shout out to Fat Freddy too. Shout out. Well, here's the here's the tough one, or maybe it's not tough. There's four heads on Mount Rushmore. Who's the Mount Rushmore of North Carolina skateboarders? Mar on the Vaughn, living on the run. Oh fuck, dude! It would have been easier if you said the skateboard world. I'm going Justin Brock, Chet Childress, Kenny Hughes, and I don't know who the fourth one is. Man, oh, uh, Bla is Blaze from there or is he South Carolina? South Carolina, yeah. Okay. Um, is Brian Howard from North Carolina? He is now, again, South Carolina cat. Yeah, he's up in okay. Ashton now. Got to hang out with him at the Ray Barbie deal. It was cool. Uh, uh, hey, I'm, I'm throwing Lenny Kirk in there just so his head can be up on the mountain. There you go. See, I, so like I, if you said the big boy world, I would have been like easy. I just named three of the four. It would be uh, Phillips, Grosso, mountain and phelps that would that would be my four as far oh, as the big world goes of the world right you know but it's like north carolina fuck now see um a lot of dudes you name they'd be up there but i gotta ask a question can a set of brothers count as one fucking head are they twins can north carolina get away with twins as one okay yeah all right 
the Wainwright boys out of Raleigh, man. Uh, th- yeah, hands down. Chet, for sure. Fuck, I'm going to get in so much fucking trouble for this one. Fucking, for sure, fucking Kenny. Because, god damn, that style. The fuck, uh, Brock, I've known of him since he was a kid. So it's one of them of like, ah, oh, fuck, you know, like, yeah, you ripped. Yeah, you did some shit. But it's like, <sighs> fuck no, Tim Hammond. Another old, old head. Now, I don't know if Tim's actually from North Carolina, though. So, fuck. I got to take him out. Oh, fuck. Terry Grimble. Fuck yeah. There's my fourth one. Terry Grimble, because that man has probably done more for North Carolina skateboarding and skateboarders than anybody will ever know. And where's Tim Payne from? Is he from Florida? Yeah, yeah. Okay. But he he helped build the hangar, didn't he? Uh, Yeah, which that was South Carolina, too. You know, they're still down in South Carolina. Fuck, man. See, South Carolina don't fuck with North Carolina. That's what's up. That's why we're on top. That's right. Kaka. I love all the South Carolina dudes, though. You know, like all good. You know, Dave down at Blue Pile Skate Shop, all them dudes, nothing but love, you know. But hey, you know, ain't North Carolina. Yeah. So let, let's end with that one is, um, have I mean, you've done some traveling in your time. Like, have you gone to any other skate shops that you've kind of like, wow, they're doing it right? Like, is there some that you can give props to? Yes and no. I'll say some names and I won't say some names, which I'm cool with the people I'm not going to say names with because it was just difference of opinion of some shit, you know, um, not on the owner's part, someone that worked there. I'm not going to be like, hey, man, I'm backdoor Billy, you know, backdoor skate shop, blah, 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 you know. And when me and my wife will go on trips, we'll like just go to a skate shop, you know, and I, I like to buy shirts from skate shops, shit like that. And yeah. If I walk into a shop and the dude says, hey, you know, how y'all doing today? It's like, cool, I'll strike up conversation and it might eventually come out about backdoor. But, you know, I get it. You go into some of these shops and uh, no one fucking says a fucking word to you, you know? So it's like, all right, cool. I'm going to still buy my shop and I'm going to buy my shirt, support the shop, do my thing and you know, get the fuck out and go somewhere else, you know? One of the raddest shops when I went out west was going into the uh, Santa Cruz Skate Works. Uh, Jack was working there, but, uh, dude, it was like seeing like, you know, and I was already doing backdoor at that point, you know, um, but going there to see like, fuck it, that's as mom and pop as you ever are going to fucking get with that place. You know, it it really is mom and pop. Fuck. Yeah. I mean, like, damn, you know, from the mom and pop to the fucking kids, the, you know, uh, RIP Billy, you know, but it's like, yeah, that whole, the Strubins are fucking doing it, you know, so. Happy Skate Shop Day, everybody. This is Jason Strubing from Skateworks. We got a store here in Los Altos in Santa Cruz, been around since 1988. Couldn't still be here without your support. Um, thank you for all the years and uh, hope to see you and keep listening to Talking Schmidt. All those shops out there. So I was on a Santa Cruz trip. I cut my teeth at Derby. Just seeing all those shops that are like, you know, still today's running and the mom and pop mentality. It was like, fuck yeah, we can do this. And then knowing what Reggie had accomplished from a mom and pop point of view, you know, mm. so they done that shit. Um, but I've also gone into shops to try to support them. Look, man, I've worked in fucking retail almost my whole goddamn life. I can fucking fold a shirt with my hands better than you can with your fucking little plastic shirt fucking folder. It just <laughs> is what it fucking is, you know? So I'm in this shop and uh, I'm, I'm not going to say the name of it. They do a, they're, they're a great shop. I'm not going to hate on now. It's all been water under the bridge. It was just a shit employee. But anyway, um, I get a shirt. 
look at it right now, you know, fold it all fucking properly. It looks just like all the other shirts on the fucking table. This fucking dude comes up fucking right behind me, grabs that fucking shirt. Oh. <laughs> uh, comes right up behind me, grabs that fucking shirt, goes to the counter and is doing this little fucking plastic fucking folding machine with the fucking shirt. And like basically talking shit about me. I'm like, Fucking done deal. Didn't buy a fucking shirt, you know, fucking split. Now, um, I'm, I'll talk shit. So, you know, it's one of them deals of like, whenever this certain shop would come up, they'd be like, yo, fuck that place because this happened, you know? And uh, I ended up running my mouth a little bit too much, so it trickled its way back to the dude. He's like, man, uh, I want to apologize about that. I'm pretty sure, like, the dude you were telling, you described the dude, I know exactly what it was. We fired him because he was a fucking dick to everybody. You know? Oh, damn. I made amends. I backed the shop, you know, blah, 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 100%. If you go to a shop and the shop's hours are like, you know, 12 to 5 on the fucking weekends and like, you know, 4 to 7, Wednesday and Thursday and Friday, that's the place you probably want to support because that dude can't work normal hours at a shop. Because he's out fucking hustling to be able to keep the lights on in the shop. He's working the shop in his fucking free time, you know. Ain't always the case. Nine times out of ten, I tell dudes, that's where you're going to get the best shit. If you see some shady hours, you're probably going to get a legit shot. Yep. Right here uh, around me, we got Deluxe SF. We got FTC. We got Skateworks. We got Atlas. Um, those are kind of the main ones that I tend to like go through and that those guys actually have been, you know, they've been supportive of me as well when I've had like some shirts or whatever. But, uh, the thing is for me is like what you said, I kind of do the exact same thing. And obviously I'm a sticker collector Love too. <laughs> so I usually, if they have a sticker, I always get some stickers, but I'll get a hat, a beanie or a shirt. And not only are you supporting by buying that, but you're supporting because you wear it. And so people see it out in the wild. And that is something essential. I mean, I do that just because I'm a skateboarder. And like you said, like, I'll go to New York and go into a shop and be like, hey, do you got a shirt? I'll buy it to support them. But if you live in the community and that shop is supporting you, the least you can do is go in there. And like you said, Give them respect, give them love, and and buy something that they make so that you can wear it around your community and show that like you got their back as much as they got yours. Cause they're gonna try to get you you go in there and you want the new indies that barely you you know, they only made 10 and they're gonna try to get you that. Like whatever you need, you're they're gonna work with you because you guys are both skateboarders. So you got to just, it's a give and take world. It can't be, you know, 99% is not where you want to be on this one. You want it 50, 50 on this one. <laughs> you just influence somebody. <laughs> no, I'm 100% all in with the skate shop. Yeah. Yeah, uh, man. But I always it, appreciate you. It was like 2018-ish maybe that like. That sounds right. Cause my wife was just asking. I was like, it's probably been at least five, six years, you know? So. Well, I bet uh, this is year six for the podcast. So I think it was maybe five years ago. Cause I feel like it was early uh, on. Like we made, I think we made maybe some stickers and some hat. I think Zeroche made some hats. The first, that was the first thing that we ever made for the podcast. And uh, you were definitely one of the few shops that like instantly was like, fuck yeah, send us a few to see how it works. And then we've had a relationship ever since. And, I always well, appreciate that. 
yo, well, that, well, that was it. You know, it's, it's like as soon as we link back up, it's like, you know, I'm always like, you know, man, I fuck, I can like, you know, so many dudes I've met in this fucking industry and you might not run into it for 10, 15 fucking years. And then down the line, it's all of a sudden like, boom, you know, there you go. So it's like, you know, the thrasher days, like, man, the faint days. It's like, you know, so as soon as talking Schmidt came out, it was like, fuck, yeah, oh, shit, hold on. Got to take it back to this. Shit. Since 97, baby. Oh, nice. <laughs> but it's like, you know, so like I say, you think all that, it's like, man, anything you were doing we were gonna fucking back you know so it's like i appreciate that when the podcast came out which i've said last time i know a lot of people like the um uh audio part of it only but you know it's like i would listen to it but it would just i just man i just back to that 99 percent. i can only be 99 percent. but it's like looking at it it's like i'm in it you know versus if i'm driving down the road listening to it i might be like you know, daydreaming and not tuning in. Whereas I feel like if it's in my fucking face and I'm sitting here, it's like, ew, I'm watching. Okay, so I was yeah. to the audio part for sure. But I remember when you came on with the channel, it was like, boom, fucking lock the fuck in every week. That I was long. You missed a few. And I'm like, fuck, man, I know it's been time. <laughs> that, that, that was nerve wracking. And like, still to this day, I'm like, uh, eh. A lot of times I'm like, cause the YouTube's a little more difficult also to like export and put out there. It's not that big of a deal, but sometimes I'm like, is YouTube worth it? Cause most people listen to the audio, but I always say once a skate shop put it, the video up on their thing and people were coming into the shop and we were, I was like, I don't care if only nobody looks at youtube except for the shops like to me that was like the honor i mean i was so honored i was like we're doing youtube forever these guys putting it like dude done like so i I, fucking real estate you guys and classic always like does a video and sends it to me and reno that guy's sick shout out you know jamestown out there there's a bunch of different ones that they like you know they'll send me like a screen grab like we're watching i'm like dude i get so fired up on that like skate shops putting it in that's like the biggest honor for me Fuck yeah dude earned real estate man you have put the time the grind everything and man we you ain't making no money off this youtube channel we know that <laughs> shit. this is a fucking labor of fucking love you know that's why you get that respect you get from them fucking shops doing it you know uh november will be 30 years for us the only ad we've ever fucking ran was like for one month in uh the Carolina the the college uh paper or whatever, and it was like a you know free skate thing. Not one fucking person even cashed in on it. So we're like, fuck this ad shit, fuck all this. Remember getting ready to be thirty in November and ain't never fucking done nothing but stickers and fucking shirts and supported the fucking scene. Word of mouth is the best shit ever. Like, like you're saying, you know, stickers and even it's like I get tagged like dudes are going to trip to Barcelona and they'll tag me. And I'm like, dude, a backdoor stickers in fucking Barcelona right now. Holy fuck. Or dudes will be, you know, in some fucking parking Oregon and, and they'll send me a picture and they're like, dude, somebody's been here. And then, you know, they'll take a picture of like a backdoor sticker. That shit like, rules. That 25 cent sticker did way more than any fucking advertisement shit, at least for us. It's right. Like watching you wear the backdoor shit. It's, it's a trip. Like, uh, you know, I'll be out somewhere and it used to be like, you'd see a backdoor sticker, a backdoor shirt. And I'd go, Oh, that's, that's John. Or that's, you know, whoever, you know, it's like, you knew who the fuck was wearing your shit. 
Right. Now it's gotten to the point like I'll pull up with a red light. My wife should be like, this backdoor sticker on that car. Do you know who it is? And I'll kind of each up and be like, ain't got a fucking clue. You know, but it's like if someone comes to shop, hey, you got a sticker. Sure, here's a sticker, you know, and it's like, yeah. dude, fuck yeah. Um, I think yeah. I sent you a picture one time. Me and my wife went out to the restaurant, uh, just our local Mexican joint. And uh, we both, granted, thank God it wasn't the same color, but we both looked down. We both were rocking, talking Schmidt shirt, same design, same everything. Luckily, mine was black and hers was brown. It's like, yeah, yes. we got to line this shit up a little bit. That rules. No, so, I remember know, that was fuck, so. You know? Like, yeah, what are the chances of that happening? Dude, you got a lifetime walking fucking billboard wherever I go, you know? So <laughs> I know it's got to be a trip to see your shit on shots. I mean, we'll we'll be playing it forever, you know, but it's got to be rad to see, uh, well, even just to watch your viewer count, man. I've watched that shit, you know? It's like one person fucking believed in what the fuck you were doing let alone all the people that tune in religiously want that. Who's he got this fucking week? I mean, hell, I remember when you had fucking Guerrero on your hundred. She was tight. It was like, he's hitting the pinnacle, got Guerrero and it's hundred. Now it's like, fast forward. Oh shit. Mofo part two. Oh shit. Fucking Barard. You know, which that was a great episode. The Barard one. That was, that was. Kyle's so solid. I love him. Shit, man. If, if that episode don't want to make you get your shit together, nothing fucking will. Right. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's it too. Not only are you like keeping the fucking scene alive, like, you, you know, the dudes you're picking are fucking dudes want to hear those fucking stories, you know, like dudes need to hear, uh, the fucking, you know, that, you know, what Berard, you know, drinking and all of a sudden just like that, you know, you can fucking do this shit. The shit he dealt with with sponsors, all that shit. And like, fuck it. Look at the shit he's building now. Like, Fuck yeah. I'd like to say that every episode you do is a history lesson for me, but I swear, man, they hit so much harder than that sometimes. It's like, fuck, dude, like, this makes me want to fucking burn some shit down and build it back up again, you know? Obviously, it's the guest you're getting, but, like, it's you reaching out to these people and being like, yo, fucking Austin, let's get you on here and fucking talk about your concrete shit, you know? Mm. Like, it's just rad that you're getting all these fucking dudes in here believing in what you're doing whether it's an hour because they're busy or fucking three plus hours, you know, it's like fucking a, like I love hearing the shit they got to say. And I know I'm not the only one, you know, every time I try to get out, they pull me back in. Fuck. Yeah. Appreciate it, dude. I always like when like something hits a nerve with you and you'll be like, send me a photo. Like here's the video he was talking about or whatever. I'm like, fuck dude. That's what's I, so I sick. Is I never want to bother you, but I'm just that dude that I I'm stoked. And I want yeah. you to know I'm stoked on what nah, you did. You, you know? never you bother me. Like, Fuck yeah. It's like, hell yeah, we're both stoked. Yeah, dude, you always bring the hype and the energy. And I mean, that's what we try to do as skaters. Like I go to work and I come in there and I don't want people to be down. I'm like, what up? Like, you know, you bring the energy to try to like, hey, we got eight hours to get through. We could fucking cry about it or we could celebrate. We yep. work at the mag. Let's fucking go. You go to skate a spot. You want to put the fire under to get the best skating possible. You ain't trying to be gloomy and like, I guess whatever, dude. It's like, nah, dude, fucking tear it up, you know? And I think Andy Roy, Cardiel, those dudes, they brought that energy as me growing up in Northern California, seeing those dudes with that and, you know, working with Jake 
all that has always, you know, been huge inspiration for me. Um, but it's so sick when like, this is what I wanted to say is that you're on, you're about as far away from me as possible. But when you talk about your scene, it's almost like it's down the street. Like we're, we're doing the same stuff just in different places. You know what I mean? And that, oh, that, that rips. Not, and I couldn't agree more. It's like, fuck, dude. I know when you first started fucking riding, you weren't thinking you're going to be fucking 50 with a fucking podcast. No. Talking to some other fucking old fucking 50 plus year, you know? So, but anyway, man, I always keep it in my mouth. I know you got to roll. Much love, fucking Greg. Always nothing but homie. Same to you, man. All right. Have a good one, man, and stay in touch. Same to you. You and the missus enjoy the day and get that doggy out. All right. Take care. <laughs> Take you on the flip. Later. <laughs> And now, a word from our sponsor, Oro Coffee. Mmm. That's some damn good coffee. Order one or six bags at orocoffeeroasters.com. Y'all like music? Because you're listening to... SMFM. Thank you. Thank you. Hello. Thank you, thank you, Schmitty. Hello, good people. Welcome to SMFM, your spot for new music. Today, we have San Francisco's very own Grave Dodger with the song Fight the Fight.
Grave Dodger. Hell yeah. You can find him on the gram at Grave Dodger underscore. So that's it. Pop in next week and see what's playing. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of Talking Schmidt. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Anchor, Spotify, or anywhere you get your podcasts. When you subscribe, you'll get notifications every Tuesday of new episodes the minute they become available. Also, please leave reviews and a five-star rating. It's the best way to help the show grow. All of the episodes will always remain free, but if you would like to help support the show, you can do so at TalkingSchmidt.com where you can pick up some merchandise like t-shirts, beanies, hats, and stickers. The website has an entire archive of all of the episodes with extra photos and videos. Email us with any suggestions, comments, or ways that the show may have improved your life at talkingschmidt at gmail.com. All interviews are conducted, edited, and produced by Schmitty. The intro music is Mary's Cross by the band Nature. A very special shout-out goes to the executive director, Cheryl Camisa. Shout out. Love it! This is Talking Schmidt, where the Rolodex is deep, but the conversation is deeper. Keep the wheels greased.